the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specializations. And in addition to my JD, as I've shared with you before, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. Now, because of my education, my training, my life experiences, my life observations, as well as my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation preservation and transfer of wealth between families and communities and the roles that this particular aspect of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. I also practice some related fields, that is to say, debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my primary reference point, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before I got my license and afterwards, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women people and communities of color and the like in the general community, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat, if I shared with you before, and I helped create another generation with, with my former spouse, I really know how firsthand, I have firsthand knowledge of how hard it can be sometimes economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women, and Marines, and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these patriots separate from the service, I'm also proud to serve veterans of all stripes in all branches of the military. And when the situation is right, I sometimes also have the opportunity to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who more and more find themselves not only the targets, but unfortunately the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. So I'm coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, as always, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's 
tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully to provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you really need if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your other assets. Now, once again, notwithstanding the fact that I am quite fearful that our very form of government is at an inflection point, and we may, you know, observe over the next few years or even months, our whole society go over into this void where, you know, we have autocrats running the place as opposed to a form of government that allows all of us to vote and pick the people that we want to run our government as opposed to them picking us. However... Because I am both a realist, I'm like Neo, I live in the real world, but I also live in the world of faith. I hope and pray that I am wrong and that our current form of government will survive, notwithstanding a setback that happened earlier this week. So, again, back on track for the next few weeks, I will provide you all with an overview of the new batch of state and federal laws which took effect January 1, 2020. Some of them are going to take effect later in the year. Um, And they all have an impact on us as individuals, families, and small business owners. Now, again, to make the subject matter a little more easy to digest, I've broken the laws down into their subject matter areas or areas of law, and then by the applicable jurisdiction, including uh, bankruptcy law and, or better said, the expiration of some of the laws that impact the bankruptcy process uh, that had been put in place at the commencement of COVID-19. We're also going to look at some consumer protection laws with an emphasis on those laws impacting our ability uh, to deal with and have a relationship with the financial services industry. Number three, we're also going to look at some tax laws that took effect beginning after uh, December 31, 2021, which is the way the IRS says January 1, 2022. We're also going to look at some of the laws impacting estate planning, uh, dealing with uh, wills, trusts, and estates, and focus on California probate code. And we've already discussed uh, on the show that aired on January 8th, some of the new real estate laws in California. Uh, For that show, I use as my primary source material First, the First Tuesday Journal, located at uh, journal.firsttuesday.us. Now, i got to say, I heard from a bunch of folks interested in real estate law over the last couple of weeks, and some of you had really pointed questions and some really good ideas, and so uh, thanks so much uh, for reaching out to me and for listening to this show. And again, if any of you have any questions or issues or concerns, please reach out to me. But I must ask you to please don't be offended if it takes me, you know, a minute or two to get back to you because I seem to be uh, very busy right now. Okay, but I'd love to see if I can help you. If I can, at the very least, point you in the right direction of someone who I think might be able to help you. Okay, so today we're going to enter into a discussion by looking at some of the laws affecting the practice of bankruptcy combined with some new consumer protection laws that inform our relationship with the financial services industry. So here's a list of consumer laws um, that uh, the National Consumer Law Center uh, calls 
consumer law rights taking effect in 2022. Now, please note that this list was compiled by the National Consumer Law Center on January 4, 2022, and is published on its digital library, which is located at https colon forward slash forward slash library dot nclc dot org. Now, Wikipedia describes the National Consumer Law Center as an American nonprofit organization headquartered in Boston, specializing in consumer issues on behalf of low income people, legal services, government and private attorneys, as well as community organization, all work with the center to advocate for consumer reform. Further, the NCLC at its website located at www.nclc.org, there it states that it proudly traces its roots to President Lyndon Bain Johnson's declaration of a war on poverty. Beginning in 1965, where the Federal Office of Economic Opportunity began funding legal services offices with two main goals. One, improving the access to poor people to the legal system, and two, enabling advocates to seek justice wherever justice for the poor is needed. Now, reforming a system that was stacked against low-income families eventually became the top priority of the new legal services program. Several national support centers were founded and the National Consumer Law Center was one of them. Um, their mission statement or their history goes on to state that Robert F. Darnan who was at that time the dean of Boston College Law School received a letter in January of 1969, inviting the school to apply for federal funds to establish a Center for Consumer Affairs. He eagerly accepted, and Boston College Law School's grant application outlined the goals and a proposed National Consumer Law Center and described the unique qualification of the Boston College Law to be its home, and the grant was awarded in 1969. Uh, 69. So uh, the National Consumer Law Center's list uh, t was forwarded to me actually by um, someone I consider to be a mentor of mine, O. Max Gardner III, who's been running an excellent consumer protection law training facility for lawyers known as the Academy since 2006. The Academy teaches courses in consumer protection law, foreclosure defense, as well as the ins and outs of loan modification and the applicable federal and state regulations dealing with consumer financial products. And um, he also has a boot camp where he teaches both consumer and business bankruptcy. And I attended that uh, boot camp when I first entered uh, the practice of bankruptcy way more than 15 years ago. So you can get information about Max and his academy. Uh, again, it's for lawyers, but you know, you might know a lawyer um, who wants to hone up or get his skills together or her skills together concealing uh, consumer financial law. And he's at Max Consumer Defense Academy 
MaxConsumerDefense.com. That's all one word, Max Consumer Defense Academy. So when we come back, we're launching to our overview of some of the consumer protection laws, the new ones that take effect this year. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we launch into our overview of some of the consumer law rights that are taking effect in 2020. That's, that's to say um, laws that tend or hopefully will provide us with more uh, protections as we intersect with the financial services industry, which all of us have to do if we want to, you know, conduct ourselves in any way in our society. If we want to buy a house and we want to buy a car, if we need a credit card, or even in some instances, our credit reports are run to determine if we're um, competent to have a job. So we need to have a more even uh, setting a, a more uh, even relationship with the financial services industry and uh, consumer organizations such as the National Consumer Law Center, amongst others, including um, one that I used to work for out here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Public Advocates, that's all uh, these organizations live for, is to try to even the playing field between consumers and um, the big guys and gals with all the bucks and all the uh, access to the powers that be back in Washington. So, the first uh, law we're going to look at took effect on November 30th of last year, and it deals with debt collection. Now, in a piece written by the National Consumer Law Center's staff attorney, uh, Ms. April Kuhnhoff, who advocates for fair uh, debt collection practices for consumers and is the co-author of the National Consumer Law Center's Fair Debt Collection Treatise and a contributing author to this, one of the center's books, Surviving Debt, which I have in my own library. Prior to joining NCLC, Ms. Kuhnikoff, and I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, was among other things a law clerk for the Honorable Justice Gary Katzman at uh, the Massachusetts Appeals Court and uh, a public interest fellow at uh, Cambridge and Somerville Legal Services Office in the greater uh, Boston Legal Services area. Now, she is a graduate of Wellesley College and, a, and as well as the Harvard Law School. Now, Ms. Kunikov first discusses some of the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau rules. Now, just to level set, you should know that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is an agency of the United States government that's responsible for consumer protection in the financial sector. Now, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's jurisdiction includes banks, credit unions, securities firms, payday lenders, mortgage servicing operations, foreclosure relief services, debt collectors, and other financial companies operating in the United States and its territories. Now, since its founding, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has used technology as a tool to monitor how Financial entities use uh, social media and algorithms to target consumers and sometimes not for very good reasons. Now, you should also know that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, 
was and remains the brainchild of Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren before she was elected to the Senate. And she set up the agency under former President Obama, who had initially nominated her to run the agency. But after her uh, nomination was pulled because it became clear that the Republican minority majority in the Senate at the time would not move her nomination forward because the financial services industry community feared she would be too harsh of a regulator. Anyway, she took her lumps and ran for office and got elected to the Senate in her own right. And that's what I call true grit. Or as stated by the late, great James Brown, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Just open up the door and I get it myself. Now, back to Ms. Kupnikov. She's going over the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau collection rules. And uh, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's extensively amend Regulation F. And that's the regulation that implements the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. And these, these new, these changes to Regulation F, again, took place on November 30th, 2021, going forward. Now, for example, some of the new regulations under the revised Regulation F uh, for consumers include providing additional protection to consumers that um, are alleged to have debt that needs to be collected. So the list below highlights some of the beneficial aspects of the new regulation, the newly revived regulations, although, according to Ms. Kunikoff, they have some flaws. Number one, um, there is now the ability to stop collection calls. That is to say, if a consumer requests that a collector stop using a particular method of collections or communications, that is to say all phone calls or all emails or using text, the collector must stop using the specific means of communications. The consumer can make his or her request orally and the uh, collection agency must adhere to that request. Okay, also there are uh, preconditions to a creditor making a negative notation on a credit report. Under the revised uh, Regulation F, a debt collector must speak to a consumer or send the consumer a letter or an electronic message about the alleged debt before reporting it to the credit bureau. Now, while there are still concerns about some consumers not receiving this notice, this change uh, uh, decreases the likelihood that the consumer will first learn about the alleged debt when he or she tries to access credit to buy a home or a car, or as I said, more and more um, employers will run your credit report uh, before they hire you, and that might make them make a bad hiring decision. So now the debt collector has to at least put you on notice before they put something in the credit bureau. The, the regulation also limits the frequency of collection conversations. Collectors generally have to wait a week after speaking to a consumer before placing another call about the same account. Now, just so you'll know before, they, they, there was a certain number of uh, calls they could make or uh, access they could make in a day, several a day. Now, at least they have to wait, give you a breathing spell. Unfortunately, Ms. Kunikoff goes on to say, as discussed um, below, 
these limits are per debt, meaning that the collector could continue to contact the same consumer about another account if there are multiple accounts placed for the collection with that collector. So just so you'll know, um, ABC might hire Selwyn Whitehead to uh, be the debt collector. And so Selwyn Whitehead, although she is not the person that gave the debt or instituted the debt relationship, she too has to follow Regulation F. Also, uh, Ms. Kunikoff goes on to say, expanded information on required debt collection notices. Collectors must expand the information that they provide to consumers when they provide a validation notice, which may make it easier for the consumer to identify the alleged debt or exercise their uh, debt collection rights. And so some of you are saying, alleged debt, don't you owe that debt, Selwyn? Well, maybe not. Um, I've had several instances where um, my client has a relative with the same name, and that's the person that owes the debt, but the debt collector is going after my client, and that's not very nice. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, so um, they have to really make sure that who they're speaking to is the debt, and that's why some of these uh, provisions have been put into place. Uh, however, again, according to Ms. Kunikoff, many areas of concern remain. Unfortunately, some of the practices authorized by Regulation F may actually harm consumers. Um, the list below highlights some of the harmful conduct that is permitted even under the new rules. Excessive phone calls. Collectors can harass consumers by making up to seven attempted calls per week per debt either to the customer or to a friend and family to ask for the customer's contact information. A consumer with five medical accounts in collection could receive 35 attempted calls per week. Also, um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau states that collectors can provide required validation notice electronically in initial communications without complying with the federal e-sign act. This makes it more likely that consumers will not receive these notices and more difficult for those whose primary internet access is a smartphone to read, understand, print, and understand the notices that are being given to them. Um, oral notices uh, from consumers are now allowed. Collectors can provide validation information orally in an initial communication despite uh, the large volume of information required to be disclosed in the notice. That's going to overwhelm a lot of people. Also, the required notices to consumers can be in a language used in the collection contracts. Collectors are not required to provide validation notices in Spanish or other languages, even though the collector already communicated with the consumer in the other language. Also, electronic uh, collection communications allowed without consumer consent. Collectors can use emails and other electronic communications to contact um, consumers unless the consumer opts out, requiring an opt-out rather than requiring the collector to uh, obtain the consumer's consent uh, is going to be a problem for many. Okay, so when we get together next time, we'll continue our look at some of the new laws impacting our rights as consumers of financial service products and others uh, taking effect in uh, 2022.
But we're going to leave it there for now, but uh, it's always in closing here at Selwyn Law. Selwyn's Law. We want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws that provide us with at least some modicum of protection when dealing with the all-too-powerful financial services industry. But before we go, I have some very exciting news to share. I've been asked to host Selwyn's Law, the TV show, on a new digital platform run by businesswomen for women of all stripes. Uh, that is to say, at Win Win Women, which is located at winwinwomen.tv, which is part of the Win Global Network Incorporated. So stay tuned for more information about my new TV show. But in the meantime, inasmuch as it appears that some or all of the variants of COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, I once again ask you to please get vaccinated and boosted. And even if you have all your shots, but especially if you don't, please take the necessary precaution to protect not only yourselves and your families, but those of us you come in contact with by keeping your social distance, masking up, and washing your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.